Hi guys, this is Shane. Um, as you probably are aware, we haven't dropped anything into the podcast feed for a while. Um, that's just mainly due to life getting in the way. <laughs> um, but as you might be aware, if you follow us on Facebook or Twitter, uh, last night we recorded our episode for the End Division Assembly and Dad. That's coming out this coming Friday. So I bet, I bet you're all wondering... What's this? Well, this is a bit of an oddity, really. Um, back way, way, way back when we recorded our original episode uh, for the end, uh, I tried to do a few nifty things out in the edit. And because I was still learning all this podcasting lark, one or two of the ideas I had never quite worked. Um, I tried putting music in the background, and as you'll probably hear... On this episode, uh, it never actually worked. <laughs> so, um, it's, I think it's a bit of an interesting listen, and of course, so you can, you, I suppose you can call it, uh, The End, The Original Podcast. <laughs> so, yes. Um, so, hopefully you enjoy this little bit of an oddity of a podcast. Um, we'll be back recording on June the 8th, covering the first Red Wolf book. So if you could leave us some feedback on our Twitter or Facebook, or even email us at theredwolfpodcast at gmail.com, that would be amazing. Thank you very much, and hopefully, well, I was going to say enjoy this, but I don't think anyone could. (laughs) But, um, yes, survive it. Thanks very much. We'll speak to you again on Friday. Bye-bye. intro cast. This is our first episode, so this is an intro intro cast. Uh, on this show, we have uh, four people, uh, myself, my wife Angela, uh, uh, Sarah, and Shane, and we are going to be experiencing Red Dwarf together. Uh, I'm he. I'm Angela. I'm Shane. And I'm Sarah. And we are just uh, thrilled that you have chosen to listen to us. Uh, so for a bit of background here, uh, I and Angela, or Angela and I, are uh, Red Dwarf newbies. We have not seen any Red Dwarf. We had just watched the very first episode uh, last night. Uh, whereas Shane is a, is a big fan and knows the show backwards and forwards. Uh, Sarah has, has seen it all as well. So they're going to be sort of guiding us along. And uh, we welcome your feedback and, and, and uh, information as well. Uh, Shane, you want to... Yep, um, we'll be reviewing the very, very first Red Wolf uh, episode today called The End. Uh, a pr- quick plot overview. On the moment. Yeah, for the, uh, oh, yeah. synopsis of it all. Yeah. I love that the first episode is called The End. Mm. That's on, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. On the morning shift Red Wolf, Dave Lister is placed into status for refusing to give up the whereabouts of his forbidden pet cat. When he emu- emerges from status three million years later, he discovers that everybody has died from a radiation leak. Everybody? Everybody. Uh, but, are you but, sure? But what about Rimmer? No? 
Well, when was the holograph? The, ca- the yeah. captain? Yeah. Everybody's dead. Yeah, but Everybody? that chick I was... That chick I was chatting up? Everybody? Everybody's dead, Dave. Aww. Aww. Uh, are you sure that someone isn't alive? Everybody. Everybody! <laughs> yeah, they're all dead. I wish I, I wish I'd never woke him up now. <laughs> <sighs> so, uh, yeah, so as you're the newbies, um, what do you think? Uh, well, uh... Some neat things about this episode. Again, I, I love just the title, beginning with the end. That's very creative. Yeah. Uh, and didn't they have like the beginning uh, before the ending credits? Yeah, they did. It had the the way how Lister ended up in a situation, which was like a it was like a prequel in there sort of thing. Yeah. How we got how we got into the situation of being trapped in space, millions of miles away from Earth. And his and the, like some of his ideas and the sort of person he was before, yeah. you know, ending up in space, wandering around a huge space ship, you know, with which okay, very little question. Okay, uh, and <laughs> and maybe maybe I just didn't catch it. Angela believes that she did, but uh, this spaceship, mm-hmm. what is it doing? Angela seemed to think that they were mining asteroids. Is that right? You are you are right. Actually, yeah, they were mining. It's called the okay. mining ship Red Dwarf. See, see, I missed okay. that. That's yeah. why it looked sort of rocky mm. on the yeah. outside. Mm. Like it looked like it was yeah, encrusted with rocks along the bottom. Yeah, basically their entire mission is to travel from one system to another, collecting the uh, meteorites and literally just mining them as the ship is going along. So well, that's, that's sort of like Alien. Yeah, well, pretty much. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. Yeah, except you know, more comedic about like maybe a little less horrific. Yeah, yeah. there's as much. There, there can be horrific scenes in it, but they're all done in a very tongue-in-cheek manner. Mm. You know, so yeah, it's very to be dead more man. humorous side. Yes, his reaction when everybody was dead. I mean, mm. I, I get that they were doing a comedy bit there, but on the other hand, everybody's dead. And it was just sort of, yeah, they were, it seemed like the joke kind of fell flat there for me. Mm. Well, yeah, even, I, I mean, I think it's pretty like though. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Talking to all the people. Uh, hi. Um, but yeah, even like George McIntyre's mm-hmm. funeral there yeah. at the beginning, they're like, oh, he's dead. Oh, now he has a hologram. And it kind of no feeds reaction. into the back. <laughs> one hologram. Yeah. Which means, which kind of ties into when it's Rimmer and he's just stuck with Rimmer. He's, everyone they could have chosen, they picked the one guy that he just couldn't stand, you know, and that kind of adds to the antagonism there. It's like, Rimmer's just anal about everything and, and you know, Dave Lister couldn't be any more different, you know. Oh, yeah, they're, just, they're setting it up for your classic uh, buddy comedy there, your plane strains yeah. and automobiles, your... Odd couple. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of like char- like it's that kind of uh, Laurel and Hardy kind of thing, you know. It's like slapstick yeah. humor, but right? You know, Speaking someone who's always. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, did, no, go go ahead. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Ooh, is it me? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I, I was just saying, it's kind of like it's like the slapstick humor, but it's they just offend each other with with the with the. Kind of comebacks. It's yeah. like it's 
all about kind of just being verbally abusive towards each other. It's not so much like hitting each other with like the proverbial slapstick. It's more you are you are smeg, aren't you? Sort of thing. And it's it's, <laughs> it's it's great for that. I think that's like that is the root of most British humour. If you can go back to like your fans of Blackadder, it's like it's like yeah. insulting each other as a way ahead. That's what that's what we kind of find really funny. And yeah, it, that and is it, really the best a, part of the episode. The the slapstick yeah. back and forth. Yeah, it, like the conversations between them are really great, and it's just the most inventive ways they can actually insult each other with different with different kind of phrases and stuff <laughs> like that. And it's the inventive way of doing it. That thing that kind of keeps you watching it. That kind of repertoire mm-hmm. they have with all the time. It's really, I think that kind of kind of keeps the kind of basis of it. Kind of grounded between the two of them, both hating each other and when we were watching it, Angela actually said that she expected uh, Lister at one point to to pull a baldric. You know, I've got a coming cunning plan. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is kind of like that. It's like like Lister's like a baldric, and and Rimmer's just a far a dim witted version of Blackadder, except very yeah. 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 What did, yeah. what did everybody think of Holly? Holly? Holly. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I'm going to like Holly. Uh, I have a note here. Let's see. This so the, like the generated face that kind of mm-hmm. turns up. Although yes. It, For it, some it, reason, I, I have here the computer Holly reminds me of Riff Raff from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm. <laughs> 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 yeah. I guess I the sardonic thing going on. <laughs> Yeah, very. Sar- I think there's even a kind of note of sarcasm all the way through. It's like, uh, it's even like going back to Douglas Adams, like the paranoid and- android. Yes. You know, just going, oh, always me. I've got this massively huge in- in- intellect, but I've got no way of using it. I'm just going to be yeah. sarcastic every question you ask me. But it's always to Rimmer. Rimmer always ends up the butt of the jokes and stuff. Mm. So yeah, it kind of carries on through the through the whole series actually. Yeah. Well, so, Holly's, we'll begin session. Holly's character was originally te- intended just to be a voiceover, and the entire oh. and the entire oh. first series was, was filmed without any vision of his head. Ah, huh. <laughs> they they added it in later. Uh, they had a basically they had a seventh um, block, seventh studio day at the end of the series, mm-hmm. hmm. and they actually re-recorded nearly every single um, thing in that episode. Wow. wow, that is a neat so, to know. That, yeah, that is. That's like that'll come up in a trivia pop quiz at some point. So. Yeah. Altogether, <laughs> altogether, approximately two thirds of this episode is composed of reshot footage. Wow, that that's a useful fact. I've, I just hope it comes up in a pop quiz sometime soon. Someone will <laughs> listen to this if they're making up a pop quiz. This is a perfect kind of question to ask to really get people. Well, <laughs> I don't know how many people would know that, you know. Just oh. be like, yes. Well, Sarah, you had mentioned uh, Douglas Adams, and and yeah, I definitely saw some some influence that we were trying to think of what to com- uh, to compare it to, which we were going to talk about that, weren't we? Um, let's it's just sort of, sort of give our backgrounds as far as where we're coming from on this series. Um, because I know like we had talked about yes, yes. What is what are our sci-fi pedigrees, as it were? Um, 
Angela's and mine are both very similar, actually, because, you know, we're kind of married. Uh, well, not kind yeah. of. We, we are not married. kind of. <laughs> so, you know, we, we force yeah, each other to watch the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... Uh, Just part-time. Like, yeah. like spaced. Uh, no, um... So, yeah, like, I... Both, you know, coming from a, a Star Wars background, Star Trek background, everything except DS9, because I just couldn't get interested in that. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Who, New Who, some classic Who, um, pretty much any sci-fi or space movie, and then, you know, lots of, of good British shows as well, Blackadder, uh, a lot of Monty Python, oh goodness, what else could, did uh, we talk about? We watched Misfits lately. Oh, yes. Misfits, yes. Sherlock, Torchwood. Uh, so, yeah, we were trying to think of what to compare this to, and I kept, when I w- was watching this episode, I was like, this was, this came out like four months after Star Trek The Next Generation, mm-hmm. but it feels, you know, a little older, Very I guess, because it didn't have the, the budget and it's mm-hmm. more a comedy and slapstick, but uh, it's weird that they were at the same time. Uh, interesting you mentioned uh, Star Trek The Next Generation actually there's actually a uh, well known story about Petra Stewart being home um, in the summer while they were still recording Star Trek The Next Generation mm-hmm. yes. and he was actually watching Red Dwarf <laughs> yeah. what? Yeah. And, he, and he thought it, and he thought it was a rip off and he was about to pick up the f- <laughs> yeah, he was about to pick up the phone to call his lawyer when he saw something that made him laugh. Yeah. Awesome. But wasn't it, like, there's an argument that it, it was kind of taking the mech out of Star Trek a bit, you know? Well, but. I sort of, I don't know, I sort of kept seeing more Monty Python-esque yeah. things. Cause mm. It's almost like the fact they're in space is sort of incidental. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they're using space then, but... Well, yeah. they they actually had the idea for Red Dwarf way back in 1983. Mm. Mm, wow. Um, so yeah, but it, every single year they, the producers of Red Dwarf were giving it to the guys at BBC, and it's like, well, this isn't good enough. Try it again. So the following year they would send back the exactly the same script. <laughs> <laughs> They're not changing it. It's like this is this is comic gold. Yeah, and they did that with things like Only Fools and Horses mm. as well. They thought, right, it's going to be a big funk, and people kind of warm to it. Mm. And so. the only the, one of the main reasons why it got made was there was a program uh, called Happy Families, which was which was made by um, or produced, I should say, by a, a Peter Jackson. Oh, and back in the day, yeah. And they and basically, he uh, they said, "Well, are we going to commission it for next year? We're not sure yet, but we'll put we'll put Happy Families two in the schedule." And when it we realised, oh, we're not going to be making Happy Families two. What can we use this money on? Oh, what's this? Red Dwarf. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, so um, Shane and Sarah, what are what are some of your sci-fi fandoms? Uh, sorry, well, go ahead. I have to say, I like, I like some American stuff, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Which oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I yeah like we both love all Joss Supernatural. Whedon. Like, Josh Whedon, like, Serenity and stuff like that. Really good. I also love things like Douglas Adams. I never really got into Star Trek, 
really did love Star Wars when I was younger and stuff. But then when the kind of they did the prequels of like the first the first kind of the Clone Wars and stuff, they really put oh. way too much detail. It kind of killed it for me. It wasn't as exciting. It was a bit. It kind of made me go, oh, it's not the same. But Jar Jar yeah. wasn't like your favorite thing ever. Uh, Jar Jar. I mean, Jar Jar made the movie. I'm saying if it wasn't for Jar Jar, <laughs> I would have been. I would have been devastated. I wouldn't have watched it at all. That's that was the highlight of the film, you know. <laughs> but, go, back, but, go back to the earlier movies and just put Jar Jar in. Yeah, they should do that. They yes. Have him pop up every now and again. <laughs> in fact, I think you know Lucas will probably do that at some point. He'll he'll find a way to reanimate Jar Jar into like everything. Oh my, I'm picturing this, yeah. The throne room <laughs> battle. If if you cannot be turned, perhaps your sister will. Oh, you also know fight. What's your fighting for? He's a man. <laughs> I'm Jar Jar. <laughs> I can't oh, see that no, in the back. No. Like in the background with the with the reactor and and where uh, Skywalker finds wh- who Darth Vader is his, his father and, and just see Jar Jar going, ah, oh, me so yeah. happy about that. <laughs> I just see it happening. He's a bad daddy. No, there's <laughs> going back to Red Wolf for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Red, Red what? <laughs> exactly. Um, there's one main character that we haven't talked about yet. The cat. Yeah, John John Jules. Johnny John Jules. Yeah. Yes. And he's not he's not as outrageous as it like when he gets a bit further in, but you can start to see him kinda of coming into the role of cat and mm. his like in his tailored suits and stuff and, and just having to look dapper all the time but in multi luminous yeah. colours in the eighties. Which Okay, so so this this cat character. Yeah. Okay, I was really, really into Red Dwarf. Okay. And then suddenly the cat came out and started dancing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those situations where maybe as the show gets further on, then, you know, it, we'll get to see more development. But just for what we saw in the first episode, it's like just sort of this uncomfortable, crazy sort of, well, Jar Jar character mm. from yeah. out of nowhere, and it's like, okay, so he's he's dancing like James Brown and screams and dances occasionally, and why? Yeah, and yeah that's the thing. At first, I think that's a, this is like the view for the new the newbies. They're like, what the hell's with Cat? But the more you get with Cat, you're like, it isn't a star. Like, like you just wouldn't think it's a Red Wall episode without enough cat in it. You just it gets to the point where you're watching out for him and stuff, and like, oh, brilliant. Uh, I but just want, um, I just want to know how. Okay, okay. The premise for it is Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, is pregnant. Nick, yeah. Then and first off, Frankenstein is like the best trained cat ever because you notice that Frankenstein did not meow while Rimmer was in the room. How did Lister train Frankenstein to keep quiet while Rimmer was around? But anyway. But yeah, that's things you sort of think of to kind of to cause like that could be a problem and stuff. Like you ever like when you're like I think when you first start watching something you don't really notice it, but because it's got such a kind of like cult status, you you think, well, how does that work? And how does you kind of pick faults with it quite easily? Whereas if you kind of grew up with it, you're just like, oh, it's what are you talking yeah. about it's just yeah. the way it is come on 
It I was just trying what? to figure out how these cats evolved into these dapper James Browns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. What, I mean, what did they have... eat for three million years? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, They're okay. I, I mean, the, the ship has replicators. I get that, you know, because they serve chicken soup or, or whatever. That's what they were fixing at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But what's its power source if it's able for three million years to sustain a diverse colony of cats that are interbreeding and, and evolving in, into into slapstick characters? Well, it's a system and a cryogenic system. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, no, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that Rimmer the hologram was activated until Lister came back. I may be wrong about that. But no, you're you're I, right. Actually, you're right about that. Okay. okay. So I guess Holly just takes care of the ship and the cats and the cryogenic yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. So why was the ship even staffed in the first place? <laughs> that is that is one of these you can poke a hole in it very easily things you know <laughs> why would we you send to, someone for three million years and we may have but to take the same a, we can say with alien and things as well why send yourself out on a very dangerous mission because you wouldn't have a story otherwise <laughs> it's just it's just like oh we could do man, manuals all automatically but I suppose there's the, the idea of kind of a probably a philosophical point even it's like the idea of man having that ability to reason beyond a computer and artificial intelligence, no matter how super smart it is, still doesn't have that kind of human choice factor, which which True. kind of comes in with like Dave Lister being a complete idiot, but still having the kind of this yeah. kind of hero. That it's like it's a kind of like a, a failing hero kind of status that he's got. He's like, yeah, just he he is the kind of one you kind of like. Wow, you're really you're, you're the kind of epicenter of it, but. You're just a slob who likes who wants to own a uh, farm, uh, farm under a few feet of water. He has a plan. Yeah, a five-year yeah, plan. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, we may. Go ahead, Heath. Go ahead. Yeah, as I was saying, we may just have to borrow a page from from another intro cast, the the Buffy ones, the potential cast, and uh, and just have our our suspension of disbelief, just sod, sod everything. Um. <laughs> just have that come up every now and again you know it's like sod it yeah <laughs> okay speaking of the um the Rimmer no Lister Lister sorry getting my character names uh <laughs> as the hero character mm-hmm. yes then he's likable yes and he's certainly more likable than Rimmer mm-hmm. but yeah it's by this time, it's just him and the cat who's alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's no real purpose for the other characters except to support him. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much, yeah. they're all kind of suckle bound. Cigarette and ear? Gross. Yes, that was really gross. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, th- I think that's the great thing about it. It's like, if for any kind of space sci-fi it's usually like epic heroes and then you've got Dave Lister who's just like gonna okay. yeah. have a chicken sandwich you know well, let's see there's there's other slacker loser space heroes um there's uh, uh Lex Lex uh had one I can't remember the hmm. oh L-E-X-X yes Stanley Tweedle yeah, that, there you go that, that. <laughs> he, he was a ne'er-do-well 
Yeah, and they're very likable, and that's kind of makes you want to watch it for for characters like that. You like, oh yeah, oh, any, anyone can can be like the this the kind of hero of the day. I think it's like you can really relate to them. You know, mm. it's just like yeah, you don't have to be perfect and be six and foot tall. That's really what separates this from like Star Trek: The Next Generation, because Star Trek was always about the heroes. Always about the officers, the people who had the highest rank, the people who had all of this training, were good at their jobs. They were the main characters. Yeah, because the the main characters were these super intelligent, uh, amazingly achieved individuals. And you're like, how many people do you know that... I mean, even if you look at John (laughs) McCarthy, he's a negotiator, he was the best of the best, amazing at everything he did, and, and very suave when he did it. Brilliant scientist, you know? aside from his leadership skills. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like at times and it is, it is nice to, to live in that kind of fantasy, but how many people are going to have so many of those brilliant qualities, whereas when you look at Red Dwarf, it's just like ordinary Joe working yeah. a job he doesn't really like, and somehow becoming the centre of this story, which is, it's, just, it's more haphazard or appears more haphazard with the Red Dwarf, whereas with Star Trek and things, it's more about reaching to achieve those goals. That's the ultimate. Yeah. You know, it's like you strive for it, whereas yeah. it kind of accidentally happened for Lister. It's like it's two antithesis stories in some ways. You know, the way the heroes and the way the the actual storylines develop. It's mm-hmm. more a case of it's it's it could even like relate to like the three stooges kind of running into things and things happening rather than going yes we are purposely going to go on a diplomatic mission to this planet it's more a case of ah we got lost and this is where we ended up oh no something happened oh sorry so yeah yeah all right uh so let's see some random notes that I have here on this episode. <laughs> Alright, Zero-G Football. I want to know about Zero-G Football. He has a poster in his oh, room. Oh, I didn't see that! Yes. Yeah. I, w- I-, I was fascinated and just started trying to picture how that is played, and that was interesting. I don't think they ever play it. I think it's just oh. there. It's like, it's a prop. They don't... Oh, yeah. But, you know, that would be awesome. But awesome. it was a nice touch. It would be sort of yeah. like Quidditch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. apparently, <laughs> apparently I've heard they've got a Quidditch. They've got Quidditch teams at university and stuff. Apparently, yeah. speaking in America, people have broomsticks. All you have to do is stay in your broomstick, yeah. and they've got like waffles and stuff. Yeah, you uh-huh. won't find for Harry Potter fans than Angela and myself, but that's just sort of embarrassing to watch, really. I think uh, there's I, I, even I think... going to be like a competition right before the Olympics, like a big Quidditch <laughs> World Cup thing. <laughs> Look, my face is me dressed as a Jedi, but even I have my limits. Come on. <laughs> I think I think it'd be amusing to watch Quidditch and, mm. and having the waffle. And, and apparently, <laughs> what happened to simulate falling off the broom is that if some if you get hit by a waffle or anything like that, you have to get off your stick, run to your own goals, and then come back. And that's meant to si- simulate you getting back on your stick after being that's knocked funny. off. Arthur Weasley. Arthur Weasley was in this episode. He's Peterson. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the, the, the ginger. Yeah. Peterson was Arthur Weasley. Yeah, it was Arthur Weasley. Yeah. Much younger. And Lister, Lister would uh, go on to eat him. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's that's the, the penny on the forehead and. 
Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, what does everybody think of the worst Meg? Yeah, it, uh, all of the the early feedback that we've gotten, it's like, oh, what are they going to say about Smeg? And yeah, so far it just seems like a generic curse word stand-in. It's it's neat. Yeah, Yeah, actually one of my favourite bits in the account is a quote, you know when the officer comes in and Lister is going on saying, well, I'm not actually meaning to disrespect Rimmer, but he's such a Smeghead. And then, you know, Rimmer's being really, um... Really kind of, uh, oh yeah, uh huh, yes, officer. And the officer goes, oh, Rimmer, you are a smeghead, and just walks <laughs> off. But that was quite funny. It's just like, it's like, if it was in a dictionary, you'd have a picture of Arnold Rimmer in there saying smeg. This explains all. That's, <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of what it kind of comes down to, I think, a lot of the time. But yeah, you know, I think it's sort of like Frack from Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, I think, I think, Plus, it, it's just a common word used when when Rimmer's around. You know, it's like yeah. you smeghead. You know, so it's just like it, it's a, a generic term for for Rimmer in some ways. It's just replace the word Rimmer, put in the word smeghead. Oh, it. not yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, oh, yeah. And speaking of uh, slacker layabout spacemen, um, when Lister comes out of uh, stasis and he's yeah. in his awesome Hawaiian shirt, mm-hmm. I, I had flashbacks to Wash from Firefly. He, he was dressed Aww. like Watch. Like Maybe that's where they got the idea from. You know, I mean, it very well could have been a little nod there, but then... Although Joss the, Whedon uh, loves to put his actors does. in Hawaiian shirts. Xander, <laughs> and, yeah. He may have been a huge fan of Dave Lester. You never know. May have been. <laughs> it seems like a show that we could have watched. He, he was very much... I think a lot of his writing was influenced by the time that he spent in Britain, but I don't yeah, know. yeah, he went to school in Britain. Really? Wow! Did, <laughs> I'm <not the> sword. <laughs> yeah. Does any, does anybody recognize Lister from anywhere else? No. no. Oh, I mean, and I was hinting at something, oh. and I, I'm not seeing it. No. Is it another British TV show? Because, like, we haven't seen all of them. <laughs> <laughs> The, so there's quite a few. Yes, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, 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 there's an absolute ten, actually, to be fair. Um, do you, he was in Lex. Oh, he was? He was, yes, he was. Uh, I've only seen a few episodes here and there of Lex. Well, I've seen maybe one or two seasons, but I haven't seen it all. Uh, who, who, was, who was he? Uh, I don't actually have a, have a clue, to be fair, to be honest with you. I've only seen it once. We didn't do our homework, sad. Please. I know, I know, I know. Um, but hey, Angela and I can't look on Wiki because we would be spoiled. No, we would be spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's still much more to come. There's only the first episode. So okay, yeah, more about just, Kat. You hopefully yeah. end up loving Cat by the end of it. And it Cat, yes. Cat would seem random. Lister asked, and there was no answer, where are the other cats? If there were enough of them to evolve a new species, there must be others. Yeah. So, well, that's going to be answered that, in the future. Okay. That will be answered okay. in future episodes, so we won't talk about it then. But what do you think happened? Well, it's quite possible that Cat, like maybe Lister and, and River himself, is is uh, a bit of an idiot and managed to get his entire species killed off. That's one possibility. Okay. Uh, because then you would have the parallel story structure. That would be nice. Uh, what do you think, Angela? Uh, I don't know. I, I keep thinking about what their food source is. 
is, and maybe the reason Cat like evolved is because he ate his entire species. Nice, <laughs> possibly. That would be horrible. But then they keep saying horrible things and just deadpan accepting it. Yeah. I yeah, I think, I think it's like the ho- ho- it's like the horror of it, and it just seems so kind of yeah, that happened. A few hundred people died. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> So yeah, that's it's like a Chernobyl-style spaceship disaster, and then people are just talking about going, Okay, <laughs> yeah. What's this powder eating? Dead people. Oh, okay. I'll stop that's eating for- that. Yeah, that's that's Peterson. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> nice. It's people. The powdery white stuff is people. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so solvent green. You know when he yeah. when <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, that they've been eating people for God knows. They collected them all up and just made them into the homogenized desserts, and that was it. Oh, have I mentioned? Is that a spoiler? No. Uh, no. Okay. No, we haven't heard anything like that. The only food okay. that we've mentioned is uh, let's see. There was the chicken soup tube, which was going to put out some sort of booyah base or something like that instead. Uh, <laughs> then there was the crispy thing. That uh, cat liked to eat crispies or something like that. That uh, the computer told Lister yeah. that the cat liked to eat. That, that's and there the was only. This, there was this disgusting-looking gray cross cake at the welcome back. Yeah. Party. Yeah. It was so gross looking. I'm like, <laughs> that should go on cake racks. You know, that that's just a horrible, horrible-looking cake. <laughs> yeah. It probably was something that, that they just made out of cardboard and put on and went, yeah, that'll do. Probably. <laughs> or it's probably a, like a reference to canteen food in general. It's never oh, that probably, great. Probably, yeah. yeah. So let's see. Oh, well, before we close out, uh, uh, we haven't gotten your uh, sci-fi background, Shane. Sorry. Um, ba- yeah. Sorry. We've um, <laughs> been watching Babylon 5, Star Trek, Star Wars... Yeah, just from a few things you've mentioned, Shane, you sound like way more of a Star Trek fan than either of us, and I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> oh, well, I'll try my best. I'll try my best. I am the least Star Trek fan face, I think. I think I'm sitting there, I know, I know a few references, but like most of them just go over my head and I go, yeah. That's our next one. Change more sci fi. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh god. <laughs> uh, entire, yes, every. Get as much Star Trek in there as possible. I try my best, guys. I do try my best. <laughs> and I, I, know that, I know that you're into Buffy as well. Yes, I certainly am. It's, it's a great little series. I do have. Well, the those Angel too? There certainly was. There oh. certainly was. Such a shame that it finished after only five series. Yeah. So seasons, yeah. seasons. I should say seasons. Sorry. <laughs> we 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 know the difference. Was there anything on Red Dwarf that you made notes on? Uh, I think I all of my notes. Let's see. Yeah, Lister's reaction to deaths is blasé. A couple of jokes fell flat, like the what's an iguana. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, I didn't get that. Yeah, overall, I think it was. Well, it, Shane, it did a there's good one job. thing that noted. There's one so. thing that's noted that, you, that you, maybe it's your American, but, but they didn't pick up on the I'm a fish thing. So oh, yeah. That was, it's like it, it's like iconic part of it, 
oh, yeah. when when he's when he when he does the engineer exam and he goes and says that he writes oh, yeah. fish on the time. Yeah. I thought that was funny, but yeah, was it, is there a, a, a significance? Most of people, like, because when, like, people watched it first, everyone kind of commented on it. I was thinking, uh-huh. will, like, having the space and having 25 years between it, would you, ha- would you still feel the same about it? Would you still find the same things funny? Uh, and I was like, thinking, oh, oh yeah, that was, that was hilarious. And I loved the weird twirly salute that he did uh, when yeah. he <laughs> inked his hand under the paper and passed yes. out. The I should, yeah. yeah, I should point out that salute only gets worse if the series goes on. <laughs> oh, nice. Of course it does. Oh, that's a spoiler. That... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, we can tell. This is Remmer. You know, yeah. we can tell he's just going to get more and more exaggerated as time goes on. Because he has literally yeah. nothing else to do. Poor Remmer. Yeah. Oh, you, you won't feel like that. Soon you want to find him irritating. You'll be like, yes, quickly come <laughs> to make it. <laughs> I don't know, because um, I, don't, I, I was always, you know, the nerd in school and whatnot. So even though Lister is definitely more likable, I found myself sympathizing with Rimmer a bit more than I think I was supposed to. <laughs> I was like, yeah, goodness, this guy is a horrible roommate. You're studying, and he's playing the guitar and making weird noises with his mouth. That's very sad for you. But he wasn't studying. He was writing on his legs and arms. In my world, that's called cheating. <laughs> yeah. The look on his face when he pulls his sleeve up and spears. Yeah. Hate expressions. Actually... Coming to my, this is probably a good tie-in because, like, my quote is: "It's like when he was sitting on the bunk, and he's like mm-hmm. looking over all all the things he's written on himself." And it, this is my quote: "I will, I've covered myself in utter nonsense," and he just says it in such a way. Yes. I just thought it was yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was immediately recovers mm. when he finds out yes. that Lister is awake. Mm. <laughs> yeah. time, that's the median axis of the shift times the speed of light, which gives us red know everything. Do you, want to, do you want to move on to quotes now, then? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, okay. we've got Sarah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Sarah. Oh, well, I, I mentioned the, yeah, the one. Oh, the same. Also, okay. the I'm a fish one. Okay. okay. That's just the start. Brilliant. So. Uh, Heath, do you want to go next? Well, I have a couple here. Okay. One of them, though, it wasn't even a particularly funny quote. It's just from years of Star Trek. I love good techno babble. Okay. Although you are still a mass, you are no longer an event. You are a non-event mass with a quantum probability of zero. And the funny part about it was just the look, the bored look on Lister's face while the guy's explaining to him where he will be for the next eighteen months. <laughs> Good techno pebble, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just go ahead, reverse the uh, the yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's because it does sound like the with the quantum probability. It does sound very Star Trek, but yeah, it's just about sitting about doing. Yeah, you're not going to be doing very much. So I'll, I'll, I like that too. You know, it's a good, it's a good little saying, just kind of add in there. Like it is in space, there is some kind of technicality there, but it's not serious in the slightest. Well, he's gonna reverse so the polarity of the, the neutron, 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 neutron flow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Angela, do you want to uh, give us your quotes and I go into mine? Oh sure. Um, I've still got that library book. <laughs> Three million years later. <laughs> One of my notes is library book. Ha! Yes. 
just gonna have the worst spine ever. <laughs> <laughs> the interest on it alone, it's just like, oh my god. You just like that you work in the library. But no one's gonna care because everyone's dead. What? We, don't, hey, we don't know about Earth. Well, that's true. That's true. We don't. We don't. Was was it a ship's library? Yeah, I don't know. Ah. No, exactly. Yeah, that's it. They have that. So, Shane, what, what's what's one of your quotes? Uh, from the cat. How am I looking? I'm looking nice. I'm looking better than nice. I'm looking dangerous. Ooh, dangerous. Yeah. You've got to do it in a cat voice, like, yeah. <laughs> like, you're, like, you're I know, I, I can't do one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, okay. but as, Make as myself kind of bigger. Like a <laughs> Let's see, I had, uh, I had one more that I liked. Uh, okay. Dead as a can of spam. I had that written down, too. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some really good, some really good, most of it is quite quotable, you could quote mm-hmm. a lot of stuff on there. Like, I noticed that, I was going through it, and I'm like, should I that or that or that and just making a decision on it was quite difficult I was just like right I'll pick one and, and leave it at that because then I ended up with 20 quotes and making the podcast about five days long <laughs> going, oh my yeah. god there's no one other of my favourites is when Rimmer says only fell but the narrowest of narrow margins this retorts you what you walked in there I wrote I am a fish 400 times did the funny little dance and fainted aww <laughs> yeah which, as someone who's taken exams a lot, big, intensive, three, four, five-hour exams, I-, I felt him. I, I just <laughs> felt sorry for him. This is was the, that this is the close most sympathy. I'm, I'm sorry, Angela, but this is the most sympathy I've ever heard for Rimmer. Everyone's like, Rimmer is such a smeghead. And you're like, oh, but I really feel for him. I know he's he, he's he's you know your Martin Ed and he's supposed to uh, oh what's the word that you use uh, swatty he's he's swatty yeah. but uh, but you know he, not smart yeah not smart but he studies a lot yeah he, he tries uh, and and yeah but I don't know just something about yeah that pairing there in in your your funny normal guy and your uptight uh, straight guy then I I always just tend to have a, a bit more sympathy for. For the Steve Martins or the the Rimmers of the yeah. world, mm. yeah. But uh, there'll, there'll be more yeah. ones that come along that you like that that you have like Ace and stuff like that. But that's ages away. Oh, spoiler! Oh, um, <laughs> David Spade and Chris Farley. There we go. Tommy yeah. Boy. That's what this is yeah. reminding me of. Okay. I would like cool. to point out that they did lose the opportunity for. A sexy alien cat girl, right? That's true. <laughs> I mean, not not that cat doesn't have his own, you know, charming style, but sexy alien cat girl. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> cat woman that sits in space. Yes. I mean, can you imagine the following this show would have had in Japan if they would only? <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible. That, that's a horrible thing to say. But it's true. Yeah. Okay. You would have if you had more girl in it. There would be a lot more of a fan base, I think. Yeah, I should yeah. I should point out right now because there's yeah we won't be reviewing this because there's no actually no video available as far as I'm aware. But when they re- remade Red Dwarf for the U.S. market, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Terry Farrell, who who played Dax in DS9, yeah, she was cat. Oh. Really? Yeah. Ah. 
like to see this American version. Hang on, there's a U.S. version? Yeah. Okay, I did not know this. Well, there's two versions of the U.S. version. Oh, Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Just like this episode, it was uh, reshot with new scenes added in and other scenes taken away. Oh, that sounds awful. Yeah. (laughs) And with the, the, the version that we're going to be reviewing down the road isn't the version which has a Terry Farrell S cat. So I can tell you about that next. Cool. Alright. Excellent. So, uh, do we have any more points or do we want to go ahead and rate this episode? Uh, I'm I'm all good. Anybody else? Alright. Brilliant. So, scale of 1 to 10 then. 7. Okay. Alright. What about you? I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna also give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it seven dead rimmers. Seven <laughs> dead rimmers. I like it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Sarah, what? Uh, what uh, seven what? what? What's yours? Uh, seven squealing cats. Nice. I like that. I just thought up in the spot there. I hope it. I hope it was good improvisation there. <laughs> I like it. Very nice. Uh, I don't have a rating system, Heath. You go ahead. Aww. Uh I will give it uh, seven intriguing zero G football posters. <laughs> I, nice. I thought. I mean, I really thought that it was a good opening episode. It established the situation and, and explained something uh, about the zaniness that they're in uh, but I, it, it set the stage but now I want to see what happens on it so yeah, it did there's, its job. there's not enough to say there was like not like it was like a climax there where you had lots of action but there was enough there to kind of mm. get you intrigued and want to watch more exactly well I think I'm going to start out at 7 but then take off a point for the uncomfortable I feel it, feeling I got when the cat came on, like I wasn't sure <laughs> if this was racist or not. <laughs> so I'm going to give it six, still, um, six awesome pen jumpsuits. Yes, I love that jumpsuit. <laughs> he had, like, yeah, the, the pins on his shoulder and his back and his pockets. Oh. I, want, I want a jumpsuit yeah. like that for lots mm-hmm. of pins in case I need them. Which you always yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least so, that's one thing that was good for pens. If you ever need a pen to sign something, you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. Yes. Except now he's a hologram. <laughs> I know. Can't, Can't write anything down. <laughs> Just sits well, on the table. There's no clipboard to write up a report on leather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, and that's why Lissa doesn't end up with more reports coming in because he's a hologram now and he can't do it officially. <laughs> oh, sad, sad rumor. I don't know. Do you know what the penalty is for calling a superior dead officer a smegmate? <laughs> well, I think not very much considering Lissa's the only one left. It's like, well, <laughs> you could get rid of me, but then you'd be here on your own. And he's just like, ah, smeg. Mm. So. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that's what we thought about the episode, uh, but what did you all think about the episode? You can contact us uh, on our Facebook page, 
And do we have a Gmail yet? We don't have a Gmail yet, but I'll be setting <laughs> one up. We're gonna get a Gmail. We're gonna be we'll be we'll be it will be set up by the time this podcast goes out, so you can uh, email us at the uh, Red Dwarf Podcast at gmail dot com. Okay, uh, so yeah, and on the Facebook page, you can just look up Ganymede and Titan, uh, the Red Dwarf Podcast. That is what uh, the page is called, and we've already got lots of interesting comments, and I'm sure more will be coming in. Tell your friends about us, because you know this is going to be an awesome show. Yep, it's totally awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. We're well, just picking ourselves up here. Yes, yeah, really, really, yeah, <laughs> but I think that will be a good time to uh, stop. So, s- say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.